This is the Beers and Fears Podcast. Don't you play movies? Movies don't create cycles. What is going on, Horror Nation? I am your host, Tucker Miller. I'm Rowdy. And this is the Beers and Fears podcast. So, Rowdy, how you been doing this week, man? It's been a fucking week. Yeah? Tell me about it. I think this whole fucking month has just fucking been shit. Uh... Yeah, car problems, work problems, you name it. Everything's just shit. Yeah, Rowdy's damn near replaced half of his car trying to figure out what is ultimately a fuel injector problem. Most likely. Still not 100% sure, but hopefully, hopefully, that's the issue. Yeah. It's okay. By the end of this, he will have a brand new car and it won't be a problem. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm getting close to the point of just burning the bitch to the ground. Uh, I was I was more along the lines of uh, you'll be replacing all the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been doing pretty good. Um, We were surprised today by my father going, can you help me move a claw foot tub? And luckily it wasn't cast iron. (laughs) Yeah. I was about to be like, uh, no. Yeah, we kind of got sideswiped with that one. Like, are you high? <clears throat> yeah, thought my dad was on drugs trying to move a clawfoot tub by fucking hand. With three fucking people. Yeah. Fucking but luckily terrible. it was acrylic, so it yeah. was like mm, 80 pounds. 100 pounds, know, yeah. It wasn't heavy. But today we have... A really strange episode. Yeah, planned. We're we're not reviewing a movie this episode, as probably what you've noticed by the title. We're gonna answer a somewhat important question. Yes, and that question is: Homebrew is homebrew for you? Is it? And so basically what we're going to do is we're going to go over what homebrew is, the advantages of homebrewing, the disadvantages of homebrewing, and ultimately, is it something that maybe you should try? But first, without further ado, we need some booze. Uh, yeah, this first one is not that great. It's not terrible. No. It's it, definitely drinkable, but it's, it's not it's not for me. It's ultimately not what we thought it was going to be. I didn't have any expectations on this. I was just hoping it wouldn't be gross. And it's borderline not gross. Yeah. Um, well, by reading it, I definitely had a different expectation to it than what it came to be. And it was just slightly disappointing. Has a very flat taste to me, not like flat as in like no, not carbonated, but flat one as, note. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, this is the first impressions from. Um, let's see here, where did it go? First impressions from Four Hands Brewing oh, Company. Um, it says the good pairings are chocolate cake or maybe some soft cheese. 
It's uh, it is um, an ale brewed with lactose, raspberry, and vanilla. And Which that sounds absolutely lovely. Yeah, for the most part. I figured that maybe it was going to be a creamy sour. It's kind of what I was kind of expecting. Yeah, more so than anything. Um, and it's also a it's a nitro beer. So it's got a nitrous jig in the bottom. Does it? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's got a nitro jig in the bottom of the um, in the bottom of the can, and it's a weird nitro jig to boot because you have to shake to activate. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm not accustomed to shaking my beer before I open it. Yeah, and uh, and Rowdy wasn't either. Which As is I why sprayed beer all over yeah. my side of the fucking table. Yeah, which is why he's got a sticky desk today. Yeah, because this is actually kind of a sticky beer, which is weird. Or maybe it's just from it's all the lactose can. It's that milk sugar. Yeah. Got that milk sugar. And it's literally sugar. right where I fucking put my hand. Yeah. You'll live. Um, I don't know. Have we discussed this? I have posted it on the Instagram once, but I have not posted the updated version, I do not believe. Okay, so we'll have to talk about this for a second. Uh, we have decided that with every new beer that we try, we are, well, if it has one, we are peeling the label and we are basically label bombing our entire studio desk with all of the labels and we've got it. Almost 25% covered. Uh, and it's looking super cool. Yeah, and uh, we're about to have a few duplicates on there. We already have one duplicate, but it's yeah. such an amazing beer. We covered it last week. Uh, and then there's another one from last week that we kind of hit on that's fucking great, too. So going to have a duplicate of those two Yeah, for sure. One of the duplicates already is cut in half, so it doesn't even look... Yeah, they don't really look the same, so it's not a big deal. But, um, yeah, we're super excited about this. We're hoping that, you know, uh, in just a few weeks we will have the table half covered. And we probably won't fuck with the other half for a while because all that the equipment's setting on it. everything. Yeah, um, and that's a pain in my ass. But, yeah, as it fills up, we'll be I'll be posting updates on it. Yes, we rearranged the uh, rearranged them so they look a lot better than they did. Yeah, we, I think I can't remember what picture I posted. We we quickly realized that how we started it was not conducive to a um, successful piece, so well, we went that, ahead and re restarted. That's because we started this without planning on it being a dope ass project basically yeah Roddy just goes i like this label i'm gonna stick it on the table yeah i didn't even ask or anything i just threw it on the table i was just like my man like, what are you doing like it looks cool but like why and it was like <laughs> two inches off the <laughs> two edge inches off the edge like not, not centered not, crooked not, yeah. yeah and i'm like dude come on and then he was like wait we should sticker bomb this whole thing and i was like hell yeah I thought that was a really good idea. And so. very quickly we realized how stupid I was yeah. putting them on. Yeah. And so we've been kind of, we've been kind of biased with our beers and 
that we're not trying them right now if they don't have a peel off label. Yeah, yeah, they need a. We need more non IPA beers that have. Uh, peel off labels. Peel off labels. Yeah, mostly IPAs have them, which yeah. is dumb as fuck. Yeah, it's a big bummer on our part because we we're not really fans of IPAs. I'm almost going to start having to buy a few IPAs and either choke, choke them, down them down or fucking throw yeah. them away just so I could get the fucking label off of them. Yeah, I feel you on that, man. But uh, back to this first impressions. It didn't give a good one. I've got the beer me, burbs from hell say, from it. This nitro beer is... It's, I it's love nitro thick. beers, but this one is very... Yeah, it, it yeah it'll give you the beer I also burps. Gave, gave myself like a lot of fucking head. Yeah, my pool. um, I don't because really, I'm a dumbass. I don't really get any raspberry from it. I think I get a little bit, which I think is the only note really I get. Yeah, from it, I definitely don't get a lactosey feel from it. Like it doesn't have that like thickness that normally you would get with lactose. I, you I, get the nitro thickness, but there's not that creaminess. And with vanilla and lactose, you would expect it to be a very creamy beer. Um, but it, it doesn't really stick to your mouth much. It, it, oh, it, it sticks to my mouth. Oh, really? This beer, yeah. It, sorry, totally just blew into you, the fucking mic. I had a hair on my phone. Bad etiquette. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, so, yeah, yeah we're not fans of it, but. We're about to open another one. Yeah, we're going to crack another one up and we'll review that one too, whether we like it or not. Um, so yeah, first impressions. Uh, go ahead and try it if you like nitro beers. If you don't like nitro beers, don't even bother. Don't even bother because it's... It nitro forward? Yeah, well for one, yeah, it's very nitro forward, but on top of that, it's just... Nah, this is our subjective opinion, but it's just not a great beer. Not for me. There's not much going on with it, you know. It, it, there's no exploration of flavor, or even the one note that it does give you isn't, like, a strong note. It's very mellow. Yes. And sorry, you guys, uh, my sniffling and weird tone is bugging the fuck out of you, because it's bugging the fuck out of me. Yeah, Rowdy's dying. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to, like, put the rest of this back so my glass will be open. Yeah, we kind of fucked up and didn't bring any paper towels or anything to clean our glasses with. Uh, life will go on. We also didn't bring any extra glasses, so I think we kind of had better expectations of this first impressions beer. A little, yes. Like I said, I, I didn't really come into this looking for something. Okay, okay. so I just took a big old gulp of it, and um, I'm getting the tannins. From raspberries, but not the sweetness or the flavor, just I the get, tannins I get, I, of like the raspberry skins and yeah. stems. Yeah. That's what I'm tasting. I'm not getting any fruit sweetness or fruit taste at all. Just all the tannin. Uh, oh. oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. I finished it, Rowdy. Okay. Oh, my so God. You, so you want the other one? Uh, I guess, uh, that was rough. Hey, man, I told you. <clears throat> Ooh. Reach into the dope-ass mini-fridge. 
All right, and you said that this beer is a... Um, I about fucking destroyed my mic. Yeah, please don't do that. You said that this one was... It's a sour. But it's also brewed with tea? Uh, yes, it is a... Um, give me two seconds. Keep the other two cold. It is a Berliner, Berliner Weiss style mm-hmm. uh, ale with tropical tea. Mm. And what's it called? Uh, Hoffen tea. Hoffen tea. Hoffen tea. Yes. Made by who? Um, perennial artisan ales and partner or in collaborations with Hopleaf Bar. Okay, so we've had nothing by these guys, no. either party. So this will be interesting. Hopefully, it's not disgusting. Um, I I guess I don't know why. I uh, all the beers I grabbed are basically from fucking St. Louis this week. Cool local beers. That's uh, very interesting. Okay, so you guys probably won't be able to find this uh, if you live out of the state of Missouri. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably unless you're a craft brew. Uh, stores yeah. are very nice. Far away from the mic. I found out the hard way that um, popping beer tabs anywhere near the mic, immediate peak, rip your headphones. Yeah, I was just trying to get the nice before I popped it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm smelling it. I can't smell anything. Yeah. So I just wasted. Whoa. Okay, so on the pour, it's got a very pretty color. Uh, it's got nice head development. Yeah. It is definitely a nice brown, light brown. It's like a, a it, light brown, almost pinky. It looks like a fucking tea. Yeah. With a fucking head on it. Yeah, it looks like you, you shook up your... Your sweet tea, but it's it's Ooh. almost got a pink pinkish red tint to the brown. It's sour. Oh god! I could smell it. That one punched through the fucking. It's got a, allergies. Let's see. I think it's got kind of a, a heavy smell of fermentation. Oh boy! But now that the head's gone, I'm getting almost no smell from it. By Rowdy's face, I would assume that it's extremely sour. It was sour, more sour than I expected, I can tell you that. I smell... I don't know. I think I actually like sour beers. I used to hate sour beers, yeah. but recently They're that's fun. like half of what we've had. They're and fun. for some reason, I am really digging you. It, it's like when you, you eat warheads. Yeah. Because you're like, it doesn't taste the best. When it when when there's all the malic acid on it, once you get past that, you know it's just rock candy. But like, when you're eating the malic acid, you're like, it doesn't taste the best, but it's fun because you're like, ah, and you, your yeah, your jaw's locking up, your tongue is like getting ready to push through your teeth. Have you uh, tasted? it I haven't yet? tasted it yet because I've been I smelling. I will tell it. you. I will tell you after the the second drink is not as sour as the first, but that first that first sip is that whole. When you first throw in a forehead on the nose, it's very um, tea tannin heavy. <sighs> Honestly, and I know this is gonna sound bad, but like 
I want to say like not in a bad way. It kind of smells like socks. <laughs> it does. It kind of smells like socks. I've heard things called. I've heard professionals call things a lot worse. So yeah, I mean, <coughs> all right, I'm gonna give it a try. Ooh, that is sour. Makes but you, makes you salivate, so you want more. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It doesn't taste. It's I. It, like it does okay. It doesn't taste like it was artificially soured. If that makes sense, like it doesn't taste like the sour is out of place. Right. Um. This thing's fucking good. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so it's a Berliner Weiss with tropical tea. Yeah, we've already established that one. I was just reiterating. I'm trying to. Dude, there's nothing. You get to go off the I, picture. I want to. Which I don't know what fucking fruit that is. That's a. Is that a papaya? It might be a type of papaya. I don't know. Looks like maybe papaya, dragon fruit. No, that's not dragon fruit. Uh, papaya, pomegranate maybe, and a orchid. Is that an orchid? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so an orchid, a papaya. I think that's a papaya. And then a pomegranate. Oh, here we go. Looked it up. Oh, okay. I'm on the brewery. Okay. Let's see what they have to say. Okay, so. A wave of tropical fruit and spice brightened this lively tart wheat ale, taking German Berliner Weissen. Tradition on an island run. Hopfen tea steeped on a house-made tea blend of mango, papaya, hibiscus, and lemongrass. That's supposed to be a mango. I don't know what kind of mangoes they have, but that's not a fucking mango. It is. It's one that's completely ripe and has no fucking green on it. N- no, but like, what is... That thing's tiny. They just have the flower fucking ginormous. But look at the papaya. Yeah. I don't know. That's bullshit. Um, I would definitely agree with that. It's got a very mango-y papaya taste to it i could have swore that that was a pomegranate though. i'm kind of like you last week where my taste is completely off my taste is off as well because i've i've got a little bit of congestion as well i i got through this entire week with a fucking cold and i'm sure you can hear occasionally my like sinuses will kind of close up and then they'll open again <laughs> it's really fucking annoying this thing's fucking good, dude. Oh my god. I love this. I Do you want me to tell you the price on it? Or no. I'm gonna say three ninety eight roundabouts. I can't remember exactly. It was it was upwards of three, four dollars though. That's that's pricey, but I would drink this entire tall boy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you know how I am with drinking beers. I always end up leaving like a quarter of it left. This is good, dude. This is really good. Um, I don't know what anyone else's prices are going to be. Now, I will say your um, our standard beer here 
pretty much if you don't live in Missouri, your your prices are going to be higher. Yeah, more or less. But our standard uh, was this. Is this 12, 12 ounce? ounce? Sorry. Sorry. I, I, I got a beer can stuck to a piece of paper. Yeah. Our standard 12 ounce for your most common beer, which is normally priced, is about $1.29. Um, right? $1.29 to $1.59. Something like in, that. In that range. At a gas station, which is going to be more pricey. I mean... Basically, a twelve, uh, a, like a twelve pack of cans is like eight ninety nine. Yeah, for and like, twelve ninety nine for Bud Light. Or and like our so. standard Tall Boy is about between uh, two fifty to three dollars, and so this not, is not it, it's not tall crazy. Boy, tall Boy that's bigger than a pint. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Like not actual Tall Boy. Yeah, not an actual Tall Boy, but. Um, yeah, like these are pint cans. Yeah. I should really start calling them pints because people are think probably thinking twenty four ounce cans. Yeah. Because that's what a tall boy is, right? Twenty four? Uh something like or that. Or twenty I can't remember. Twenty ounce. I don't know. I don't um, we threw mine away. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh your standard pint can is about uh two two fifty to three dollars. And this is around three ninety eight. So uh. It's only slightly higher than standard. Well, yeah. Um, where we shop, a lot of the pints, unless they're on the pricey side, run about $2. Just mm-hmm. under $2. Like $150 to $2, yeah. typically. So, yeah, this one's like twice that. It's fucking, it, it's worth it. I will say, I don't normally, like when Rat, Rowdy knows that when I go buy beer, nine times out of ten, I judge it heavily on its price. Um, if, I think if you can put out a good product, you can put it out at the same price that the standard pricing is. Yes, because you're going to be selling more of it. Yeah. I and so, and so a lot of the times I will not buy more expensive beers because I do not think it's worth it. Right. This is fucking worth it. Yes. Just like the Hunter, which we're going to break I, into after break. <laughs> I do not care what kind of beer you like. You should try this beer. Yes. And, and you can buy it in singles. So it's definitely worth it to at least try because what's, what's the worst that happens? You don't like it. You pour out you're three out. quarters of a pint and you're out, you're out $3. You still got, you know, you know, an experience. Uh, out of yeah. It. You got to try it. And, and what's what I, I kind of really dig about this because of the way it's flavored. This is only 4.2%. Yes. yes. This is actually one of the lower ABVs that we drink. Dude, dude, at a 4.2, I could drink this shit all fucking day. Uh, the only other one that we've drank today, actually, we've we've drank two. The lowest beer that we've, I think, labeled that we have on the table is three point nine. Yeah, and the that's, other one's a four point eight. That's mega low for us. 
being we're how 90% not, of what we have. Okay, there's another 4.9. Look, we got a 7.2 here. 11%. Um, 4.5. That oh, one that's is the fucking gross. 4.5. But no, nine times out of ten, the beers me and Rowdy are drinking are 7%, seven. 7% and up. Sometimes all the Six way up. Six and a half and up. All the way up to 11%. Yeah, at basically a, a line. At a 4.2%, this could be an all-day drink for me. Yeah, so, so I mean, it ranks about the same as, uh, as like, a Bud Light. Actually, liquor nope. store Bud Light is a 6% beer. I was going to say, only liquor store, because if you buy it somewhere that isn't a liquor store, it is three out two. of Missouri, it is it's going to be 3-2. Except for Kansas. Kansas just changed that rule. All Did their, they? All, all their beers are six or six zero now. That's impressive. Um, honestly, I didn't think Kansas would have done that, but that's awesome because uh, we occasionally go to Kansas and suppo- we normally drink when we're in Kansas. So <coughs> typically, when we're in Kansas, though, we're drinking liquor. <coughs> yeah, yeah, but now we can drink beer because it's yes. not three two. Yes, it's so, not shitty um, and not overpriced. Yeah, out of at a four point two, at three ninety eight for a pint, it's fucking good. This, sorry, I lost hearing in my left eye for a second. <laughs> Ooh, that last that last uh, sit was tart. Ten out of ten would drink again. Oh yeah, for sure. This beer is dope. See, I'm glad we started doing this little fucking sticker bomb project yeah because this one's got to go on top of all the others <laughs> well no not not because of that because there are fucking like what seven stickers that we probably would not have tried oh most definitely seven beers on here besides those two <laughs> the other ones weren't terrible well think think of it this, hey for me think of it this way if we didn't try the uh if we if we hadn't have decided to branch out because of the way these labels looked we would have been drinking the same thing every week we would have never tried sours yeah i definitely wanted we've looked at this one yeah the slushy fight see me pointing but yeah, yeah we the have slushy, slushy fight, fight. It's which is a right seven which is a seven three yes and it is a very <laughs> fucking sour very vibrant red drink uh brewed by abomination yeah it was pretty good um holy shit it was it was a it was a little too limey for me but yes there was but no that um windless of erasmus by nightmare brewing holy shit that thing was fucking sour because every time i've tagged them in anything on instagram uh they definitely like I don't know. Maybe we can get that nightmare sponsor, dude. Uh, dude, I, I just want to know who the fuck does their artwork. Well, uh, nightmare, if you're listening, sponsor us. We're cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you just like send us a, a just case. Just send, send us beer. S- send us a case a month, <laughs> and we will fucking peddle your shit. Yeah, and have your have long. your guy make us a podcast logo. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I doubt you guys are listening, but. Uh, yeah, Hopfin Tea by Perennial Artisan Ales in collaboration with Hopleaf Bar. Um, find this, try it. If you have to order it online, 
it's definitely worth a try. Now, now that we've got all that excitement out the way, I say we take, take an our, ad break. Take our ad break and come back, and we will start talking homebrew. And we are back from Tucker stuffing an entire chicken into a tiny ass fucking <laughs> Tupperware bowl. Yeah. I got an entire chicken <laughs> stuffed into a one pound uh, Tupperware. Um, I'm proud of myself, as should everyone else. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, it was actually really God, easy. It was so fucking sour. It was really easy. All I did was um, I put it in there, right? I kind of tucked the legs, put it in there, and then I pushed really fucking hard on it until the lid closed. <laughs> this looks like I'm drinking fucking OJ, and it's just about as sour. Yeah, uh, Rowdy decided he was going to crack open Some... Nightmare Brewing's Colombian Necktie. Yeah. yeah, shout out Nightmare again. Yeah, sponsor us, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I personally am not the biggest fan. It's the lime zest that gets me. But but I will say, I can see how it would be a very enjoyable beer. I dig it probably as much as you dig that. Yeah. The Colombian necktie just kind of hit me a little sideways. Um, but like I said, I can see how it's a delicious beer. Yeah. Just not my thing. Anyway, now that windless of Erasmus, though. Yeah, I need. We need to get some more of that Yum. stock. That stuff was uh, potent. Yes. So, topic at hand: home brewing. Some of you may ask, "What is home brewing?" Yes, and that's pretty simple. Home brewing is taking all the necessary ingredients and creating a fermented alcoholic beverage yourself. Now, that does not only mean fermented beverages. You could use the same process to make, say, kimchi or... Well, um, it's or the process natto, of fermenting. Or, or natto, um, fermented soybeans. It's simply the process of fermentation. But when it comes to home brewing, especially in the way that we're talking about, it's more... Beers, reaching wines. that reaching that goal of having a drinkable alcohol beers wines distillation to get liquor highly illegal unless you have the proper permits unless you're in Missouri gang gang <laughs> yeah before before we I- illegal on a federal level before we talk about home brewing any further let's go over the legality of home brewing home brewing is 100% legal. Yes. If you're over the age of 21. Yes. And you are not distilling. You have to be product. You have to be the legal age to possess alcohol to homebrew. Yes. You on the other hand do not have to be over the age of 21 to buy all of the products necessary to create homebrew. Now, it is the 100% opinion of beers and fears that you should not brew alcohol or create fermented beverages unless you are of legal drinking age and know what you are doing. Yeah, because relatively you can but yes, we highly You can also make yourself sick if you don't know what you're we doing. We highly so. highly 
highly do not condone the making of your own alcoholic beverages. If you are under the age. If you are under the legal age. Now, homebrewing for people that are over the age of 21 is 100% legal. And depending on local laws. Local laws and uh, state laws. As far as we understand and as it pertains to us, I can make up to 100 gallons per person over the age of 21 that lives in my home. So it's me and my beautiful girlfriend. So therefore I could brew up to 200 gallons for personal use for personal or uh, Uh, friends and family events. There's a special thing you can do to. Yeah. There's, there's certain wording you can use to uh, transport your alcohol, like say to a friend's house, stuff like that. You cannot sell your homebrewed alcohol. Yes. Under any circumstances. Yes, that that gets the ATF involved. And, and you do not want those motherfuckers your up your ass. ass in prison. Yeah, you do not want them up your ass. They will shut you the fuck down. Yes. And yeah, and like Rowdy said, you'll probably end up in prison. <clears throat> or face hefty, hefty fines and yeah. hefty lawyer so, fees. Now, I know any, anyone who listens to this aiming to homebrew is going to ask the question, can I distill? No. Federally, no. There are a handful of states that state law says that you can operate a still and... For personal use or Mm -hmm. uh, to distill alcohol for uh, transport, like transportation. For for fuel. Yes. Or um, for uh, medicinal use as in... Uh, like essential oils and stuff like that. Um, as as for inebriating liquids, generally, almost every state and federally, no, you cannot. Yeah. The only state that we can back up the laws for is Missouri. And um, I'll start off by saying this. We are not lawyers, and you should not take this as... Um, Legal advice, you should do your own research. But um, as for Missouri, we can operate stills under state law. Federally, it is still illegal. But we can operate stills and produce up to 100 gallons of distilled alcohol. It's been a minute since I've looked at looked all that up. So I think you probably have more of a bearing on it than I do. Yeah, I've um, been I've I've been dabbling with um trying to obtain liquor licenses and distilling licenses and stuff. It's fucking expensive. Yeah, it's fuck expensive and you have to jump through if it so was, many loops if it was in not, order to do it. If it was not as expensive as it is, I will say this right fucking now, I would have one and everyone Everyone listening to this podcast would be receiving beers and fears of alcohol. Though you would have to come pick it up. I would be 100% down with the clown on that. Please do not ever use that phrase again. Fuck um, you. <clears throat> but yes, I agree. If, if if it wasn't expensive, if we can do it legally without repercussions federally, mm-hmm. we would be way ahead of that. We would probably have something in the fucking makes right now 
Yeah. We still haven't started our next batch of mead because honey's fuck expensive always. Yeah. So um, donate to our listener support <laughs> so we can make more mead. Yes. Now, when it comes to home brewing, home brewing is not distilling. No. Home brewing is the simple act of fermentation, initiating and containing fermentation. Yes. Distilling is boiling your liquid until the alcohol evaporates and recondenses into another glass. That is not home brewing. No. Now, though it is fun, definitely not home brewing, and that is a topic for another day. We can discuss distilling on a future episode if that's what you guys want. But with today's focus being home brewing, let's talk about the equipment needed to homebrew. Or should we talk about what you can brew first? We should talk about what to brew first. Okay. Make, make your decision on what you want to brew. Yeah, because definitely. depending on what you're brewing, you are going to need different equipment. Yeah, most definitely. Not necessarily quotations. You can't see me doing the air quotes, but specialized or purpose-specific mm-hmm. equipment. Because for brewing mead or wine, super simple, super easy. Mm-hmm. Don't need a lot of equipment. When you start doing beers or back sweetening or steeping, yeah. that takes a whole yeah, other branch. And, and- you can definitely do beer in a more simple way. It's just so much easier if you go ahead and drop the dime. Yes, and it'll be more efficient, and you will end up with a higher quality. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what you can brew or what, what you might be aiming to brew. Things that you can easily brew out of home are beer, wine, mead. Uh, ciders. Yeah, ciders. Hard ciders. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, that almost covers all... As far as alcoholic beverages, yes. Mm -hmm. And then you, like you said before, then you can get into, like, kombucha and uh, different, like... uh, And you can start also fermenting food once you are skilled. Uh, And you could do things like kimchi, natto, you know, all of these different things. Probiotic. A lot of your probiotic uh, drinks and stuff, uh, kombucha, is a fermented drink mm-hmm. a lot of your probiotic drinks are actually a fermented drink but yeah. yes yogurt y- even is, yogurt you, a, you can make yogurt using your knowledge from homebrew yes it's very it's very important to know what you are planning to brew before you start brewing because if you don't you can either end up not having enough equipment or the correct equipment needed for what you're going to brew or vice versa you could end up with way too much equipment for what you want to do that you'll never use yes which i think tucker can easily vouch for this we started out we just wanted to make mead Mm -hmm. as soon as we had our mead going it's like we we got to try doing a beer yeah we got to try doing this we got to try doing this yeah and each thing, it's, okay, well, we need this thing, or yeah. we need a different vessel to mm-hmm. ferment in, or whatever. It's a very, very easy hobby to get hooked on. 
Yeah. However, to do it correctly and to do it all the time, mm -hmm. that's why we haven't done it. Another batch is you want to have the right equipment and you want to have the right sized equipment. Oh, yes, most definitely. Um, that's a big one. Many people say that size does not matter. In homebrewing, that is a lie. Yeah. Homebrewing size always matters. We brewed, we'll just get to the down and dirty real quick. Mm -hmm. We brewed our mead in one gallon carboys. Mm -hmm. And we ended up with how many? How many 750 mil bottles? Uh, we ended up with almost four. Yeah. Almost three, like three, three and, and three quarters. Three, yeah, three and roughly. three quarters. And so we almost had 100% efficiency. We've also brewed a few things before then. So, um, but yeah. Yes. Our first run of mead, because you have to take into account your losses, mm -hmm. you're going to lose every step of the way. Mm hmm. So you have to take that into account. So with when it when it comes to homebrewing, there's very specific equipment that you need. Star sand. Yeah. Number First. one, you need or a sterilizer. Yeah. You need sanitation equipment because without sanitation, you're asking for bacteria. You're asking for infections and you're asking for problems with every single one of your brews. Anything that is coming in contact with your liquid, you need sanitized. And that's every step of the way. If you do not sanitize the, the, the equipment that you're going to use, you're just asking for problems. It's the most important step, and it's the easiest step. It's as simple as rinsing something for 20 seconds in a bucket and, and or in a tub. Most of your sanitizers are safe. Mm -hmm. Safe for your brews. Uh, say, yeah, safe for your brews. Safe for consumption, relatively. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, don't go fucking chug like a bottle of Star Sand. We use Star Sand. This isn't a mm -hmm. plug for them. It's just what we use. It's our favorite. Um, don't go chug a bottle of it. It will kill you. Yeah. But the minute amounts will not do anything. You won't even. It won't. Yeah. Have yeah. any effect. Um, Star Sand is an acid-based sanitizer. And so, um, like I said, it's as simple as rinsing something for 20 seconds, leaving it sitting in a bucket or in a tub. Um, there do come fallbacks with uh, using a really good sanitizer like Star Sand being acid-based. Anything that is um, a polycarbonate, like your surgical tubing or beakers or anything, not beakers, cylinders or anything like that. They will cloud up and they will get slimy if yeah, you leave them sitting in the star sand. Yeah, they'll start to deteriorate. And so you want to rinse and let sit to dry. Yes. If you're not or, using it. Yeah. Rinse, or rinse and use. Rinse and use or rinse and air dry as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. Do not let it sit. Don't I mean you don't let anything sit because it does create a film mm -hmm. around the top edge of the liquid, and that's just shit you don't want in your brews. Um, <clears throat> so now that you have your 
sanitizer, you're going to need a vessel. Our favorite vessel to use are glass carboys for what we do. There's a few different types of vessels that you can use. There are carboys, which is a glass... Uh, or plastic. Polycarbonate. Yeah. They do make polycarbonate carboys. Yeah, yeah glass or polycarbonate. Um, basically like a... Um, like a wine jug. Uh, yeah, the Carlo Rossi. Yeah. Or Carlo Rossi. Yeah. Gallon of wine. They come in carboys. That's a carboy. Yeah. And so if you like Carlo and, Rossi, and, just start saving your bottles. Or for like our, your, I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners are beer drinkers. Mm-hmm. If you ever had a growler. Like yeah, glass, it's basically like a, a large growler. growler. It's yeah. just twice the size. Yeah. So, um, you need a vessel. Now you have carboys. Yes. You also have food grade buckets. Yes. So, um, normally they come specialized or you can kind of DIY it. All you need is a spigot in the bottom and a hole in your lid for, um, the next item you're going to need. You're going to need some airlocks. Now, a lot of people say that they can get away with using balloons condoms gloves or some other thing just you know when you poke some holes in it and it'll be fine no use an actual airlock now what an airlock does is you put a little bit of sanitizer into the airlock and what it does is it allows the co2 from the fermentation to escape out so that you know you don't end up with a brew bomb but it doesn't let anything in it doesn't let oxygen in, allowing all that stuff to become oxygenated, which will create vinegar very quickly. And it also, since you have liquid in your airlock, it doesn't allow any nasties in. Yes. Bacteria, bugs. Bugs love brew, especially before it's done. When or everything's flies. just starting to ferment, yeah, you'll find... Um, like, if you have, like, a fly problem in your house, you'll notice all the fruit flies are coming to chill by your brew. And don't worry, because now you know where all the fruit flies are so you can kill them. But, on top of that, your airlock is keeping your brew safe. So, always use an airlock. And they make special uh, stoppers. Yeah, that'll fit into the top of a carboy or into the hole in a bucket. And uh, it'll keep your brew bubbling and happy. Yes. Just get an airlock. Don't listen to these guys making making their backyard hooch in a tub. Saying, oh, just throw a balloon over top of it. And it as it airs up, it'll be fine. No, don't do that. That's how you end up with bacteria or bugs in there. Because as soon as that balloon deflates... You, ha- you, have, you have no lock. You, you kill your fermentation yeah. as well. From there, you want an auto siphon. Yeah. I mean, you could do it by hand. You can. However, you will not. Your efficiency is going to go way down. You will though. lose your efficiency, and you will not be able to clear the lease mm-hmm. out of your brew. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about using an auto siphon is it's a lot less mess. Yes. You don't have to worry about as you're pouring something, it fucking spills over the side. No. You just run a tube down to the bottom of your bottle and ta-da. Yep. So what an auto siphon is, 
is it is a pump type siphon. Uh, you pump it a few times and it's gravity fed. So you'll have whatever full vessel you have and you, you, you know, you have your pump inside that and then your lower vessel is empty with the, with the, uh, exhaust hose in the bottom. Yes. And so as you pump the water, the liquid starts flowing and it creates, um, a vacuum. And so all of the liquid will travel to the lower bottle and it will leave all of your dead yeast, uh, anything that you were brewing with, like say if you added fruits or anything like that, all that will stay behind and only the liquid will go. Most of the liquid. Well, there, yeah. is, there is loss with that. Um, yeah. Um, and there is an attachment for that you can have for your auto siphon. Mm-hmm. Which is a bottle fill. Mm-hmm. Not necessary. However, it is super nice mm-hmm. because you can have your siphon primed and it's just like a piston actuated thing. You push it to the bottom. You can, like perfect fills almost every time. Yeah, those are really handy. Um, we need some. Uh, we keep forgetting to buy one. Yeah. That's but, like um, the one thing we don't have right now that we need for bottling yeah so as far as brewing so right now we have we have a vessel we have uh i'm I'm sorry we have sanitizer we have a vessel and we have a siphon now the best item for you to have when you are home brewing is a device that will measure your alcohol levels or your potential alcohol levels now what we're talking about is a hydrometer or a refractometer yes i don't know of any other ones there there may be other ones but um are but they are not something you're going to get unless you are a bigger brewer oh okay so uh, more uh commercial stuff so uh electronic yeah okay so um a refractometer we haven't really messed with because we have from from the information that we attain um our sources say that they're not as accurate when it comes to measuring um like wines and meads and things of the sort but supposedly they're pretty decent for beer and yes your hydrometer is perfect for Everything. Everything from hard liquor to liqueurs mm-hmm. to wine and mead. And beer as well. Cause well they, beer falls in the middle. Well, I was, I'm just saying. On the hydrometer, for some reason, beer falls in the middle of wine and liquor. So Yeah. I, I'll never understand where why the placement is what it is, but... Um, so, what a hydrometer is, is it is a weighted glass tube that is um of two diameters on each end and um it has a weight in the bottom of it so that it is set at a certain buoyancy yes and as you oh excuse me that damn nitro is still getting me i forgot how fucking dark this beer was yeah rowdy cracked open the hunter again by um, 18th Street Brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's pretty good. 
Yeah. Um, so super good. So uh, what a hydrometer will do is if you put it in water, it'll just hit zero in, in layman's terms. That's what it does. Now, what a hydrometer measures is the sugars in in your um, in your wash or your must. Yes. Yeah. So when when it floats at a certain level, the number that it shows you is what your potential alcohol will be. If if your yeast ate up all the sugar in this I wish I had our notes still. Oh, I know. Uh if if the sugar ate up all the sugar in there, this is what your alcohol would be. And so uh, what you the way you use it is you'll take a first measurement and then you'll take a second measurement once your fermentation is completed and then you'll do some math magic that's a pain in the ass but it's okay it comes on the little paper that comes with your hydrometer it, 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 honestly yeah you do a little bit of math it'll give you a rough idea I mean it'll give you one number yeah and it and from what we've established, it's pretty fucking accurate. Um, um, for ours, it was almost uh, dead on. Yeah. I think it was 1% difference. Yeah. I think we started off with uh, our first reading would have set it at like 18%, I believe, running it through the numbers. Mm-hmm. I think it dropped it to, I think... Uh, like 16 15 or 16% yeah. was like 100% perfect yeah brew and uh, we came out with a 14% yeah now remember when you are brewing your ultimate goal i mean unless this is your goal but your goal is not to consume all the sugars in your drink because then you'll just have a bitter boozy drink if that's super, what you're looking for. Super dry. Yeah. Very bitter. Very alcohol forward. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking to just make the the spiciest tooch you can, go for it. But your goal is... To make something drinkable. To, yeah. To hit pleasant. a reasonable number. This is this is the reason everyone homebrews. It's, it's to make drinks. And to drink them. Not to hate what you're guzzling down because you're making gallons of it yeah we still have a bottle that hasn't even been opened in the cabinet yeah because it's a super dry mead which we have had feedback on from others and they other people love it liked it they 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 were like yeah it was dry but it was really good yeah and i was like and they it were was... like boy was it fucking spicy like, well, it should be because it's 14%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I sit there and I go, it's dry, therefore it's gross. But <laughs> um, everyone else seemed to like it. So I'm like, hey, have at it. Uh, That's another cool thing about uh, home brewing is you can actually afford can. to give away some of your alcohol at you know gatherings at your home. You're like, yeah. here, drink some of my stuff. There's too much. I yeah, can't like, drink it all. Uh, when we went to Slipknot. Yeah. That was the first thing we did while we were waiting to leave. We came to the office, we sat down, bullshitted, did the video for the giveaway, and uh, we each poured a small glass of mead to try it. 
to have our uh, have one of our new friends drink. Yes. And uh, so you got to keep in mind that this is the ultimate goal of homebrewing is to make something you can drink. Yes. Because because it's cheaper, because it's it's more fun and you take pride in it. Yeah, because it's something you created. It's something that it's kind of like a piece of you, your personality. It it's it's having the ability to go, I made this and it doesn't taste like shit. <laughs> Which Tucker still thinks our made tastes like shit. It's a rarity for me to find something that I really like, but that's just because I'm picky. Yeah. I and just like that other drink we had that wasn't good, Those or the or no the the Colombian necktie. Not that it wasn't good. I don't like it, but I can see that other people would. Just like our mead, I tasted it. I was like, oh fuck, it's dry as fuck. It's like the Sahara Desert in this glass, but I can, I can, I can taste what people would like. And for like, we're ahead. obviously using our mead, yeah, as our base. We're on a super far tangent, but it's okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, the taste is there. It tastes like a very, very good, yeah, honey, mead, honey wine. Yeah, I mean, if it's just the driest fucking wine you have ever fucking tasted. Yeah, if I mean, if it if if somebody was like, "Hey, I bought this dry dry mead. I want you to try." I'd be like, "Damn, that's some high grade dry mead. Like it's good. Like it's high quality." I just don't like dry meads. But oh man, man, if we could have got that out to like a ten percent, I think it would have been like an amazing mead. Yeah, if we would have. Uh cut it back a little bit yeah or even uh, back, back sweetened, sweetened it. it a little bit mm. i think it would have been perfect man oh man that would have been a perfect mead but but see this is the beauty of home brewery yeah with home brewing trial and fucking error we can do exactly what we did we wrote everything down that we that you know that we did every every time we touched the bottle it was wrote yeah about and so we can duplicate that exactly but back sweeten it at the end yes. or or prematurely stop the fermentation and then we'll have that mead that we want or age it for a, a different amount of time or age it differently yeah definitely we have access to barrels or turn it into a mellow mel and add fruit yeah back sweeten it add it to fruit steep uh steep the uh water with tea yeah, throw some hibiscus fruit. tea in it before we brew. Boom. the The possibilities are endless when it comes to homebrew, and that's what makes it so exciting. Um, w- uh, like I made a an apple wine. That was the first thing we made. Yeah, was an apple wine, and it came out to eighteen percent. Yeah, because you're a fucking psychopath. I wanted. I just wanted to see how far I could make this yeast work. Oh, you got it to work fucking hard. And I got it working like a goddamn war horse. And um, I was proud of myself. Um, it wasn't good. But... <laughs> um, I bet it tasted like an 18% fucking uh, 
Yeah. Or cider. It, it tasted like jet fuel. But, I mean, if I wanted to get hammered, I could just pour a glass of that. And have the fucking worst hangover. Yeah. Um, the and, and what did I get out of that? Not only did I make an 18% apple wine, I also took one of the other bottles and I just poured apple juice into it to back sweeten it. Yep. Made a pretty good apple wine. And then I took the, the other gallon jug of it because <laughs> I made a lot because, uh, you know, you do the full send when you make something for the first time. And I took the rest of it and I tried mulling it. Yep. I tried spicing it and it didn't work out. But I learned from that. Yeah, that's the, like I said, that's the beauty of homebrew. Mm -hmm. It's trial and error. Yeah. If you do something and it fucks it up, guess what? You know not to do it the next time. Yeah. If you do something and it works, if you're smart, you're taking notes the entire brew process for every brew. Yeah. Because if it is fucking god fucking awful, you don't want to do anything the same. If for whatever reason it's the best beer, beer, wine, mead, cider, whatever. If it's the best one you've ever had, you're going to want to replicate it. Yeah, for sure. The best of your ability. Um, homebrew is definitely of a yes and or no but mentality. Yes. Um, there's never an end point. There's always how you can improve or how you can or how you can change. Yeah. It's always about moving forward and it's honestly one of my favorite things about homebrewing is you quickly see your skill increasing yes. and it's obvious because you're putting it in your mouth. <laughs> and it's amazing especially because as you know business partners with the podcast yeah me and tucker when we're not talking podcast or just fucking off we sit here and we scheme yeah and scheme and scheme about how we want to do the next brew yeah i've got what, some what i've ideas. got some plans man and and it requires burners and Pots that are immediately going to get thrown into the trash afterwards because they're going to get ruined. Pretty much. And lots of honey. I'm excited for it. So I hope I, um, I'm ready. I'm excited just because I know what it's going to be. We are not going to announce shit until no. we fucking finish it. No, if we do it. Because I am, I am coining this. This is going to be mine. I'm going to trademark it if I fucking can. I was going to say, I'm sure it's already <laughs> been done, but we have not heard of it. So we are going to try and see what the fuck happens. I'm excited. But anyways. So, okay. So, so we, we have, have sanitizer. We, we've covered what to brew. Yeah. And what is home brewing, even well, though we had just gone back to that. Equipment, sanitizer, a vessels, vessels, a siphon, siphons, bottle filler, mm -hmm. unnecessary, necessary but unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, and a hydrometer. A hydrometer. Those are your, the those are the bare basics of the equipment you need. And uh, your uh, lock. Yeah, and an airlock. airlock. Sorry, that's my bad. 
I've I've had a bit to drink that, today. <laughs> that is the bare minimum. Yeah, that is the bare minimum that you absolutely need. And you will not be brewing beer with that. I mean, you could. It's going to be a pain in the ass, and you'll probably have a few messes. But you can definitely brew beer with just that. It's going to be a very, very traditional style beer. Yes. And it's with beer. And I can't wait to try 90, it. 90% of your beers are going to need heat. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, it's very true. you need pots, burners. Yeah. Most people just use their stove. Yeah. If you have like a burner for or like a hot plate or whatever perfect so you don't have to do it in your kitchen you can do it wherever the fuck you are yeah uh but yes 90 percent of your beers mm-hmm. you need heat yeah for your hops that. or your well for your mash yeah i was gonna say because you gotta you gotta get those sugars out of your uh out, out of, of your, your malt and yeah out of your barley and wheat, stuff whatever yeah. whatever you are using as your base Mm -hmm. but now that we have basic equipment um kind of covered i kind of want to kind of want to move into what kind of commitment yes home brewing takes it's not a big commitment but it's also not just a weekend with the homies yeah and it also if you're only running one batch at a time or Mm -hmm. whatever yeah it's not a big commitment you can no. throw it in the closet, especially with something like mead. Yeah, mm-hmm. you kind of want to check it and rotate your bottle and all that every now and then. But you can forget it for a few days. Mm-hmm. Just pop your head in, see if it's still going. Yeah. As far as commitment, it's not huge. The biggest thing is patience. You do have a big commitment to yourself making it work. However... The patience is what's going to make it pay off. If you don't have patience, home brewing is not for you. Because no matter what, if you are just starting off, your first brew is going to not be at done for months or year. Yeah, most it's, definitely. Especially if you're doing like actual home brewing, not mm-hmm. just putting yeast in a fucking apple juice bottle. And letting it sit. Hey, fuck you, man. No, I'm, I'm that just shit saying, kicks it, man. It, yeah, you, you're going to get alcohol, but that's prison hooch. By the way, homebrewing's cheap. <laughs> if you get, if you want it to be, get get some bread yeast and get a bottle of apple juice that has no preservatives in it. Throw that shit together in a in a fucking bucket and ta-da! Two weeks later, you've got some fucking hooch, beautiful apple wine. No, it ain't fucking apple wine. That is hooch. <laughs> Straight up fucking prison hooch. I definitely um, recommend getting champagne yeast, though, so you can get 22% alcohol out of it. Add some bags of sugar. Fuck it. But Oh, God, that's fucking sour when it's warm. Oh, I bet. Oh, God. How's that cowboy sour beer? Oh, shit. Um, That was like eating a sweet tart, dude. <laughs> no, trust me, I know. Yikes, I better finish that now. Um, your time frame, though, brewing, you have to, especially starting out time-wise, it can take a little time. Yeah. Especially when you start delving into your beers. 
mead, oh, yeah. not so much. You just want to make sure your mead on your water or your mead and flavorings or mm-hmm. whatever are thoroughly mixed, and then you're good to go. Yeah. Beer, there are a lot more steps. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot more time consuming yeah. in the long run because even while it's brewing and fermenting, you are uh, adding hops, taking away hops, yeah, adding more hops, taking away hops, and all that shit. So beer is a little outside of our wheelhouse at the moment, although yeah, we're, we're, the moment. We're, we're looking into all of that as we speak. Um, as far as your wines and your meads, they're pretty much get it started, let it go. Yeah. But you, you have to pay attention to your fermentation, especially if you're going to cut it early or if you're going to make it go through a secondary fermentation. Or if your fermentation stalls. Yes. Which we hit that real hard. Yes. And somehow, some way we caught it. I'm guessing probably the same day that it stalled. Because we were able to get it to start again. Yeah, by dumping an entire another colony of yeast into it. <laughs> Pretty much. We, I'm surprised how much efficiency we had on that because there was like two inches of lease at the bottom. And still some lease in the bottle. Yeah. I think the biggest drawback from homebrewing is knowledge. Yeah. And uh, just patience because it took fucking forever for me to be like fine fuck it and just forget about it yeah like i was like i want to taste it i want to taste it yeah definitely one of the the biggest thing when it comes to homebrewing is having the self-control to just leave it alone because granted your fermentation may take four days a week two weeks at most but then unless you're going into secondary I'm, no, I'm just talking straight up basics. straight honey wine. Yeah. Two weeks. Your fermentation yeah. should be done if it's not something's gone wrong. Yeah. You're need to keep an eye on your brew. Yeah. But after that, it's all a matter of setting. You want that stuff to age, you know, let the, f- the flavors really m- marry together. Let that alcohol taste really mellow out. Let the yeast and the yeast fall yeah. out. Yeah, the yeast. Oh my gosh. Even even cracking is the quintessential part of yeah. your brew after you bottle. Yeah, racking even before you bottle. Racking is using the auto siphon to move all of your liquid off of all the dead yeast and other solid particulates sediments. inside of your yes, sediments inside of your vessel into a fresh clean vessel so that anything suspended in that liquid can move to the bottom and you can do it again and then you can get it crystal clear and the thing you want to the the biggest reason for allowing something to age is to remove that yeasty taste it it changes the flavor yeah because you go from feet to wine which is it took how many months uh, about four months. And the first three, I, mm-hmm. I, I cracked the, when we first bottled. Yeah. Because the thing with uh, racking is that's where all your losses. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, 90% of your loss. Yeah. Other than evaporation and whatnot. Is from racking. And we racked it, what, three times before we bottled? Yeah, we racked it a lot because I'm a glutton for punishment and I want crystal clear liquids. Yeah, which we still didn't get. Yeah. Which we could have. We almost got it. We almost got it. If we would have let it set for another week, we would have. But the thing is, we started that brew in October and we didn't bottle it till what? March. March. March or May. Early, early this year. Like spring. It took a long, long time for that brew. And it's just because we had problems with it from the get-go. And sometimes you just do. Yep. And, um, uh, but we, you know, we pulled through, worked with what we had, and still got it. Came a, out with a decent. Yeah. Got a decent, decent drink brew. out of it. Um, I can drink it. Kind yeah. Of choke it down if it's a look, getting anywhere close to semi-cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got to be ice cold. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, patience is big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for us right now, I mean, I think we need to get another carboy or two. Yeah, I'm I'm in the works for some uh, six-gallon carboys, so. Not even size-wise. I'm just I, talking I know. carboys in general so we can have more than one brew going. But, but those six-gallon boys. Because... Once you start running multiple brews, so you can mm-hmm. have one aging, yeah, definitely. While you're starting one, or like racking one, and then have one in almost a bottling while you're starting a brew. Like the more you do, yeah, the more money it is. The more time, less patience you have to do once you get going. Yeah, definitely. Because <clears throat> then you're always rotating what you have coming off yeah one once you get going that's when the um the the payoff really starts to begin because say say you have enough carboys that you're starting a brew every single week every week you're starting a brew and then say every three four weeks you're bottling those brews so that's every every four weeks you're adding four new brews to your collection you 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 start accumulating all all of this all of this brew but you're not waiting as long anymore yeah because now every time you're making a brew by the time you've made that fourth brew that same week you're bottling a brew and so if if you really want to get into it you can start making moves and having a constant flow of fermented beverages into your home and um and like i said um if if you do it that way you may actually get close to hitting your hundred gallon mark i doubt it but (laughs) you could get close yes and that's why friends are nice yeah so the real question rowdy is is homebrew for you for me yeah totally i mean Mead, honey is expensive. Motherfucker, expensive. I wasn't asking you. It was a rhetorical question. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, homebrew <laughs> no, is um, definitely for me. The only answer I can give to the question, is homebrew for you, is are you wanting to try something new, but are you willing to put in the work? To put in the work and have the patience for the end product. Because if you're not, all three of those things, homebrew is just going to be a pain in the ass for you. 
But if you're willing to check each of those three marks, it's going to be some of the funnest stuff you ever did. And even if you just, you know, you make some stuff that doesn't taste very good. If you did it with some friends, you guys at least have some funny stories and some bad alcohol to pass to your friends. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. That apple wine on my birthday got passed out to everybody. It was like, everybody try this. Everyone's like, oh, hey, that's um, that tastes like jet fuel. It's really gross, but it'll get a shit face. Try it was me. Yeah. I was like, go for it, guys. It's fucking nasty. And uh, that bottle got drank that night. So and it made for a funny story. You know, everyone talks about, hey, remember on their birthday when you gave us that nasty hooch? I'm like, yeah, it was gross. At the end of the day, as long as you're willing to put in the work and have the patience and try something new with minimal investment. Rowdy, that day we went to the uh, the liquor store and literally bought everything and made our first brew that day. What did I end up spending? About a hundred bucks? Uh, less than a hundred, I'm pretty sure. We already had car boys. Yeah, because I, I had bought some Carlo Rossi beforehand. Yeah, I mean... When you do it smartly. Yeah. Buy some Carlo Rossi the next time you're going to throw a party. All the all the ladies will drink or it. Literally bit and piece it. Yeah. You want to start a brew? Okay. Get your carboy. Get your sanitizer. Get your hydrometer. Mm-hmm. Boom. And your high, like your airlock and your stopper. Yeah. Start, start it. But make sure you have enough to get another carboy and your... Uh, auto siphon yeah make sure you're ready to get that within two weeks yeah like get your if you need a bit and piece it together one week buy a carboy or two next week buy all your sanitizer your <clears throat> yeast mm-hmm. like all your ingredients or what have you the big thing is at the end of your you know aging make sure you have the fucking bottles <laughs> yeah no shit um, I mean, we have one, plenty. one really nice thing about uh, bottling, especially if you're willing to do like single serve stuff, you can just keep the bottles of, uh, of keep, beer. Yeah, keep your glass bottles. Keep your glass bottles. Uh, go invest in a capper. Costs like eight bucks. Bottle, a uh, bag of bottle caps, like 200 bottle caps was like $4. Yeah. And uh, you can reuse the bottles that um, you bought in the first place because you were drinking. The One of the nice things about homebrew is that it's you can really upcycle the stuff that you already use. Um, me and Rowdy drink store-bought meat a lot. And my girlfriend likes to drink store-bought wine. And uh, we save the bottles that the meat and wine comes in and we reuse those to um to bottle our final products uh, i have yet synthetic corks are great i have yet to buy a single bottle like end product bottle and i've been brewing since june of last year yep i haven't bought a single bottle to bottle my end products because i upcycle yeah. the bottles i already had no yeah i mean all they're going to do is go to a landfill mm-hmm some of them might in, make their way back into a glass. Yeah, they may get they may get smashed and recycled, but I doubt it. Um, yeah, and if you like wine, buy a couple gallons of Carlo Rossi. 
once you're done with that, ta-da, you've got some carboys. Go buy some stoppers. Start a brew. Two weeks later, buy some siphon, buy buy an auto siphon and uh, some bottles. I mean, you can you can easily piecemeal it together, and not have to worry about cost. Yes, I, if if you piecemeal it, even if it's over the span of a month, yeah, you're, you're spending maybe at max thirty dollars a week. Unless you go and buy a fancy carboy or go buy a big carboy. Yeah, and what's nice about that is a lot of the stuff that you buy, equipment-wise, doesn't it doesn't really degrade over time. Because, like, if you buy glass carboys, they last forever. Don't yeah, drop it. break it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't drop it, it'll last forever. And you never have to yeah. buy that piece again. So If you take care of your equipment... They will last long enough for you to yeah. replace it if it goes out. I mean, we've been using the same piece of surgical tubing since we started for and we our siphon. Fucked it up. Yeah, I mean, we, we've left it in the sanitizer a few times, but a good scrub and it's still fine. Yeah. Um, the the graduated cylinder for our hydrometer. That's a little dirty. I think it, your daughter got her hands <clears> on it. But yeah. She she likes I to steal those my were stuff. Sitting behind me, we need to get those put up. Yeah, she steals it and pretends she's a scientist or something. I don't know what she does. She uses it, uses it to yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it uses it like a bullhorn. <clears throat> but um, that graduated cylinder, perfectly fine. Auto we, siphon. No problems whatsoever, and we've been doing this for a year now. Yep. And so. Oh, shit, literally. Yeah. Next, next month. Yeah. Next month. Yeah. And so when when you look at it that that way that I buy this thing this one time and it's going to last me an extremely long time. Think about it price per month. Oh yeah. We take part. that take that ten dollar siphon, spread that across twelve months that you're gonna be using it for that year alone. Yep. That's less than a dime a month. And so just if you have to kind of think about it that way. And if you really need to, spend the year just gathering supplies. Yeah. One month buy a carboy, next month buy, you know, some stoppers and stuff. Or um, you can just drop like 300 bucks and get a fucking homebrew kit from offline and have everything you fucking need. Yeah, ship to your door, to broken carboys and all. Yeah, no shit. I'm so scared of ordering <laughs> stuff online, dude. <laughs> I'm like... Man, that's that six-gallon six carboy, that. though. I would order all of it, but I would fucking cry when I got everything perfectly fine except for the one thing that I absolutely need. Yeah, no shit. But I think we've been uh, yapping for yeah way too long. My eyes are starting to burn from just, like, staring like into was, the void. This was supposed <laughs> to be a short episode. And, uh, I know. It's longer than most. It's longer than anything we've done in the last two months yeah so just um go ahead and give it a shot give, if you want to give give homebrewing a shot it's really fun and um you get to pretend you're a mad scientist by making weird things and you know sky's the limit when it gets down to it so if you guys have something to comment or critique you can always get a hold of us on our Facebook. It's uh, Beers and Fears Podcast. 
and uh, you can drop us a like, give us a follow, leave us a review, all that stuff. Um, if you scroll down just a little bit on our main page, you can find our community page there. You can talk shit to us. Um, you just have to answer two questions and you'll get right in. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beers and Fears Podcast. And um, our Instagram is where a lot of our like behind the scenes stuff kind of uh, happens. There's a lot more. I don't want to say not podcast related, but just oddities and us dicking around on there. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us directly, you can always hit us up on our email, which is beersandfearspodcast at gmail.com. Um, it's a quick and easy way to get a hold of us. I'm running a blank. Oh, uh, if you guys want to support this podcast, you can always go down into the show notes of this very episode and you will see a link to listener support. If you go to listener support, you can donate your moolahs to us so that we can buy more homebrew equipment or buy honey. more honey for our homebrewing or, you know, buy more equipment to run this podcast, better equipment or, you know, just buy some sleep. I'm tired. <laughs> you and me both, sorry. Yeah, Ra I'm, Rowdy's I'm, I'm over here bitching at my boss. Yeah, Rowdy's texting because he's a cunt. Even hey, though we're doing bitch, a podcast, I'm trying to fucking make sure I have our D and D night fucking clear because you're, they're still fucking me over. Your that. boss can go fuck himself. Herself. Herself. I mean, I forget who your boss is like every week. So yeah, she's a cunt. She's always scheduling him when we're trying to party. Get it? D and D party. That's funny. Anyways, um, make sure you guys go give our friends over at horrormerchstore.com question mark REF equals 113. A. <laughs> yeah, make sure you guys go give them some love. We get a little bit of kickback for anything you purchase there. It is the spot to go for anything horror related. Pop figures, t-shirts, costumes, cosplay, all that shit. Yeah, posters. Yeah, all of posters. it. Exclusive shit. If you guys go to, if you guys go find us on Anchor.fm, you can even voice message us so that you can talk to us and we can talk back, and then we can even implant it into the episodes if you want, so that you can yourself be on our podcast. It's always fun, even though no one's done it yet. Yeah, fuckers. <laughs> Sorry, you've done all the shilling. It's okay. I've. I've been, I think you've done all of it. <laughs> I think I think I need to breathe. Uh, yeah, friends at horror merch store. My mouth is dry. Question mark. Ref equals one one three. Not spelling it out this week because fuck that. I'm not doing it twenty times just to get the one. <laughs> um, ah, ratings, five stars. There rate we go. Reviews. I knew I was forgetting Apple, something. Apple, Spotify, all your podcatchers. Go rate and review. Five stars. Don't give a fuck about the review. Unless it's good, then you we can, might say something about it. You can it. even say bad things about us. I as don't care. As long as it's five stars, yeah. we go need, for it. We need five-star reviews so that we can move up the search bar. When somebody types in beer, even just beer, we're like really far down on the recommended the, the like autofill stuff. And so the more reviews we get, 
the higher up on the autofill will go, so more people will find us. Therefore, you guys won't have to shill as much money to us, and then, you know, spread the wealth kind of thing. Yeah. And if you don't want to do anything like that, just tell a friend. Yeah, that'd be great. Word of mouth is... Word of mouth is king. Sent. Even if they you don't think they'll like it, just go, hey, check this out. You may hate it. Who, who knows? <laughs> it always works for me. Yeah. But anyway... I've been Tucker. I've got a piss. And this has been the Beers and Fears podcast.